Ontology, the Waystation of Red Pill Sanity Written by William Leo Translated by Deep L and a Human Read for you by Eric, Jenny, Mia, and many other bots Previously in the Ontology podcast series Afghanistan and Pakistan are, as Karzai put it, conjoined twins. The Taliban originated in the Pashtun tribal area of Kandahar straddling Afghanistan and Pakistan. The Americans grew weary, they actually planned to withdraw over a decade ago and had been gradually pulling out. When the Afghan government is backed by the Americans, they are willing to follow the Afghan government, once the Americans leave, they are easily won over by the other side. Season 4 The Islamic World and the Inner Asian Order Episode 6 Inner Asia in International Relations Inner Asia is a very broad term and often indicates the vast region from Manchuria to North India. The term Inner Asia, adopted in this context refers to a smaller area and is limited to the following regions, the Chinese Muslim communities west of the Great Wall and the Altai Mountains, which constitutes the majority of the Xinjiang administrative region, the Central Asian republics that inherited the former Soviet Union territories, the Caucasus region, Pakistan, Afghanistan and Khorasan area of Iran. The common characteristics of these regions are as follows, most the racial, ethnic, and religious groups straddle national borders and administrative borders, the nominal rulers rely partially or heavily on external aid support, civil societies have nearly zero capacity for self-sustainability and self-protection, and effective governance is collapsing or on the brink of collapse. These characteristics have rendered the inner Asian region a fertile breeding ground for amorphous wars and pose potential and real threats to the three political orders. These three orders are the US-led Roman-style world order, Russia's imperial order that appeases its southern frontier, and China's world empire order that it attempts to reconstruct. Conflicts within and among these three systems further increase the uncertainty of the situation in Inner Asia. The supreme guideline of the American order is Wilsonianism, which requires members of similar political virtues to jointly safeguard collective security and end the war caused by the regular breakdown of the balance among powers. Due to the disparate political virtues and systems of various players, Wilsonianism has never realized its highest vision. In reality, the United States' efforts to promote collective security ended up dividing the world into three different levels. The Wilsonianism world constitutes the core area of the world order that is based on the alliance of values and succeeds in the integration of NATO and other major allies. The Hobbesianism world consists of middle-tier countries such as China, India, and Russia. As the continuation of 19th-century diplomatic realism, it causes local wars for territories or influences. The Darwinism world is composed of peripheral countries or regions that exist only nominally or worse, cannot effectively protect or govern their residents. Residents of these places rely on subnational small groups to maintain their security. Violence is usually the main language for these small groups to communicate with each other. The United States does not have a good policy or the middle and the periphery levels. It can only oscillate between the active imperialism at attempts to export order and values and passive appeasement that only accumulates problems. Most inhabitants of Inner Asia fall under the third level, the Darwinism world, and do not yet have the capacity to build a nation. The United States and its allies have been trying to export orders to these areas only to realize that suitable recipients are hard to be found there. 
The three core states of the Hobbesian world are also what Bush Jr. calls the axis of evil. Of the many Hobbesian states that are incapable of collective security, only they have the ability, desire, and opportunity to overthrow the Wilsonian world and its collective security. Other Hobbesian states, such as India or Indonesia, are more willing to join the Wilsonianism world given the chance. Even if they fail to do so, they have neither the ability or the motivation to overthrow the current world order. The axis of evil surrounds Inner Asia from three sides. The turmoil in Inner Asia directly threatens these three countries but does not directly affect the United States and the Wilson world. Pakistan maximally demonstrates the dilemma that Inner Asia presents to the United States. Other than the hatred against India, this country does not have any natural and genuine ties to unite its communities. Punjab and Sindhis use the state apparatus as a battlefield to vent their mutual hatred. Baloch people and Pashtuns do not want to stay in this country, nor do they exhibit the ability for self-governance. The threats that the guerrilla warfare in the northwestern border and tribal area once posed to the British Indian Empire have been amplified into global terrorism through Taliban and Al-Qaeda. Without US economic assistance and diplomatic support, Pakistan's entire political structure will collapse. However, the main task of this non-NATO major ally is to cultivate the destroyers of the American order. The relationship between the Pakistani Directorate for Interservices Intelligence and Islamic terrorist organizations in the 21st century is equivalent to the relationship between the Communist International and the Communist parties of the 20th century. Pakistan's civil society tends to be more Islamist than the government, and the arbitrary and corrupted authoritarian rule has increased the power of non-governmental extremist organizations. To maintain the stability of such a country for a long time is a task only ruthless and shrewd Machiavellians can handle. U.S. policymakers rarely possess such qualities. Given the alternate appearance of Carter-like and Kennedy-like figures, Pakistan is likely to repeat the stories of Iran and Syria. As this kind of collapse poses less threat to the United States than it does to the neighboring countries, the insistence on interventions imposes more burden on the United States than on the neighboring countries. The apparent failure of such policies is actually more in line with U.S. interests than their success, and Pakistan poses less threat as an enemy than as an ally. Afghanistan is another country without natural bonds. Her borders and existence were to meet the needs of being a buffer country between Britain and Russia. They are totally inconsistent with the needs of the local residents to establish a community if they do have such needs. If the purpose of the United States is to retaliate against specific political forces, she will be able to do this at any time without spending all the money and efforts to station troops there. If the purpose of the United States is to transform Afghanistan into a qualified democratic country, then she cannot achieve this goal anyway, unless first dismantling current Afghanistan and allowing ethnic groups to figure out reasonable boundaries through long-term bloodshed. The United States remains in Afghanistan mainly to reduce the difficulty of maintaining the sphere of influence for China and Russia. Instead, it has caused suspicion and hostility in the latter two countries. When the United States withdraws from Afghanistan, the threat of armed groups to China and Russia will greatly increase while having little impact on the security of the United States herself. Therefore, no matter from which perspective, the decline of intervention is the most appropriate policy of the United States in Asia. Israel senses that the Islamic State's threat to itself is lower than that of Iran and Syria and there is no need to strike it. 
Instead of posing a threat to the United States, armed groups in Inner Asia are more likely to pose a threat to the archenemy of the American order and hence does not constitute an immediate threat that justifies the United States' attention. The US-led world order is the greatest guarantee for both the United States' own interests and fundamental values. If the US wants to preserve the world order, it should not divert its limited resources and focus on Inner Asia. Before having the ability to build its own nations with proper legitimacy and governance, if there is such a possibility, Inner Asia can neither supplement or support the Wilsonianism world nor pose a great threat to it. Establishing effective controls in ethnically and religiously diverse areas will be a brutal process reeking of bloodshed, a mission far better accomplished by the Russian Empire or other political forces that are not constrained by democratic values than the US and her allies. Stalin's brutal purge had almost turned Poland into a completely homogeneous nation, which enabled it to join NATO. Otherwise, a country founded on the Catholic ruthless persecution of Ukrainian and Belarusian Orthodox Christians would cause public outrage due to the atrocities. Instead of becoming an effective assistant to the US world order, it would only constitute an unstable factor in the core region of the West. Besides, the dysfunctional social ecology in present-day Inner Asia is far from being comparable to that of Poland before World War I. Thank you for listening. This is a podcast series produced by Luminous Society. Luminous Society provides you with an alternative historical narrative.